0: Supervisor asks student with cancer to turn on their camera during a virtual meeting. Instantly regrets their decision. I was diagnosed with a rare ovarian cancer at the beginning of this year. I had surgery and I had some chemo and I'm almost recovered now. I still have to go in for frequent testing and occasional monitoring. I am a private person to the extent that I have dated people for years without telling my parents. So you best believe random coworkers and bosses are unaware of my medical history. I attend a university that has an ambassador program. Basically, if you have a high enough GPA, you are able to interview for the program. And if you get in, they pay for your tuition during the time that you are an ambassador. In exchange, you work five hours a week and work graduation and other events. I am one of these ambassadors. My supervisor for the ambassador program, Mrs. M, has spent the majority of our time together belittling me. As I sit here about to type about her, I find myself already exasperated thinking about reliving some of these details. So I will be short and sweet for both your sake and mine. She follows every rule to the letter and leaves no room for collaboration or discussion. As an example, we use Microsoft Teams for communication. She has us clock in and out in a group of 20 people by saying, I'm here and I'm leaving. So every day you have to scroll through dozens of messages to find anything of importance and listen to the notification sounds every time someone takes a lunch break. I suggested using the time clock function on Teams and even offered to set it up for us. And I was told that I was deliberately undermining her position. Another quick example of her vehemence is when I told her I didn't have any social media to advise the college. She was certain I was lying and went so far as to ask other ambassadors to try and find me on them. They didn't. There was nothing to find. Crazy concept, right? I've challenged her at a couple of junctures, but ultimately realized I was fighting a losing battle and I'd be better off keeping my head down. Fast forward to four days ago on Friday. There's a mandatory virtual event in three days on Monday where the dean of the college would talk to ambassadors. They live streamed this event to the college's website and YouTube page. Mrs. M sent out a message that said students must have their cameras on and phones off. Repeat, phones off? Cameras on. I follow up the same day. Miss M. Unfortunately, I will be at a doctor's appointment at this time and will be unable to turn on my camera during this event. No response. I send another email to follow up. No response. The day of the event rolls around. I direct message her through Microsoft Teams 10 minutes before the events. I see that she has seen the message with a red receipt. Nothing. Okay, video chat starts and several students join the session with their cameras on. Then the dean. He gets halfway through the introduction himself and Miss M interrupts him as he takes a brief pause and says, excuse me, could we please have all students turn on their cameras? I say nothing, but I put a quick message I had already typed in anticipation in the group chat. Miss M, I have a private situation that bars me from using my camera. I have contacted you individually. Not but a few seconds after I send it, I get called out by name and I respond audibly. Miss M, I cannot turn on my camera at this time. And she responds, expectations were clear and you were told multiple times about this. Every other student here managed to do it and I expect the same out of you. Now, one of the cool things about having cancer is you become very familiar with the hospital staff. And if you're lucky, they're fun to talk to During COVID, my nurses were my tethers to sanity Because no one could visit me while I had inpatient infusions So I told one of my nurses, Amy, about the situation beforehand She joked that if I was told to turn on my camera I should really play up my illness In any other situation, I would have been entirely opposed But my sweet revenge was in sight I imagined that anime fist-clinching thing When the protagonist resolves to get their revenge I set my laptop back a bit further from myself on my legs so you could see the entirety of me in my hospital getup. The program we were using will display the person currently talking as the largest image in chat. Everyone had their audio off except me, the dean, and Mrs. M. So when I turned my camera on, I was displayed as the EKG loudly thrummed away on max volume, thanks to Amy. There was silence. After that silence, I responded with this. I asked Miss M through email and Teams if I could opt out of having my camera on, but she insisted. I waited a beat to see if anybody would say anything, and then continued with my special vocal blend of melodramatic gratitude and illness Latin shakiness. Virtual engagement is so important to this new era of learning. I can see why having the camera on is important, though I was hoping I might be granted an exception. The dean said, Miss R, you are more than welcome to turn off your camera. I am so sorry for this misunderstanding. Thank you so much for making a special exception for me. It's been a difficult week, but I feel grateful to be here. At that moment, two people leave the call. One was Miss M and the other was Anthony, who is Miss M's boss. I didn't know he'd be there. Haven't heard from either of them yet, but I'm waiting a follow-up with anticipation. I'm typing this from the hospital and I feel gratitude for a lot of things. Tis the season after all. I am here, I am alive, and above all, this stupid disease won't stop me from putting a bully in their goddamn place. A couple of clarifications. I don't, at this time, want to sue her. I want her to be better. I am not in the thick of the cancer right now. I'm definitely better than the beginning of this year, though I appreciate the warm wishes. I was going to ask the university to take down the video on the university website and YouTube, but when I went to check, they had already been removed. I had already saved a copy of it per the advice of my colleague. That was the end of the original post, but as a surprise for the Jerk channel, it seems like we actually have a conclusion to this story. The great thing about this updated post is there's a detailed timeline of the aftermath. November 23rd. I am discharged from the hospital. I file a formal complaint to the college regarding the incident and I ask for the videos to be removed from any public platform. From what I can tell at the time, this has already happened. But I want it to be clear that I do not consent to it being publicized any further. November 24th through November 29th. The school is on break for Thanksgiving. No ambassador program and no messages from the school. Despite this, about 16 students were present for the meeting. Saw everything transpire and I received tons of team DMs from about half of them sending me warm wishes and asking if they could do anything to help. December 1st, the first day back to the program since our fun little dean meeting. I scroll through the previous messages in the chat and notice Mrs. M has an out of office status by her name as opposed to away or online as soon as I clock in with a jovial virtual I'm here I receive a message from Anthony who you may recall is Mrs. M's boss asking if I have a moment to speak I do I might add he politely offers twice to let me choose the medium which we communicate whether that be via video chat audio or over messages What follows is a video chat with myself, him, and one unknown person who I suspect was a lawyer. I was met with vague half-apologies and follow-up questions that can be best described as litmus tests to see just how screwed they were. I was also a bit vague out of a smidge of morbid curiosity. But then it occurs to me that this is neither Anthony nor the college's direct fault. So I ask if I can voice some concerns I have with the ambassador program. I have already created a list at this point of some of the issues I'd like to bring up. He and I proceed to have a very cordial conversation about small things, like the way we clock in and out, and bigger ones such as the way university staff speaks to students they employ with the indignity and disrespect. I mention how I'm older than the average ambassador, that I've had a couple of real adult jobs which have spoiled me in the sense that I feel listened to and valued on their team and how the ambassador program has noticeably done none of this. I also mentioned how for ambassadors unlike me, who haven't had a job prior, this sets a poor example for how they should expect to be treated. He listens to me and actively takes notes. He asks if I would voice my concerns to some board members and I say, absolutely. December 7th, I clock in and then notice a surprisingly lack of messages in general chat. I then see a message sent to the ambassadors and admission staff the previous day. It states, Staff will no longer clock in using the time clock function, instructions provided in the attached video. I think to myself that I've never been more pleased at a message regarding clocking in in my life, and that the actual words, wait until Reddit hears about this, pops into my head, which makes me cringe at myself. December 9th. I clock in and hype myself up to speak with the board during this shift. It might be worth noting that I'm not a great improviser, but given time to prepare, I can genuinely get my point across eloquently. I speak with them for an hour and 10 minutes, and to save you some time, I will just give you the main points. There are many reasons a student may not be able to turn on their camera, such as income, mental health, or comfort with their current environment, and demanding they do so is directly discriminatory against those students. A program that expect students to actively advertise and bolster the college should foster an environment worthy of such praise regardless of anything that transpired i was treated and spoken to like i was not only incapable but malicious it should have not taken my literal cancer for this to be noticed and addressed on the team as opposed to the widely known metaphorical cancer the dean stays after to talk with me asks how i'm feeling how my vacation was how our finals basic small talk I transition us to Mrs. M and ask how she is doing, as we haven't seen her for a little over a week now. He tells me that she's been offered an alternative position and would no longer be working in the university. Many of you predicted this already, but I was surprised I didn't really get much of an apology from anyone. Maybe they're worried that it'd be seen as accepting blame when they'd rather just amputate the infection and hope for the best. I wish I had more spiciness for all of you, but that's all I have for now. The outpouring of support has been lovely. Thank you for the warm wishes and tales of sweet revenge you've all been flooding me with. May we all live to see the end of cancer and toxic bosses. But let me know, am I the jerk? Bro, this was terrible and awesome at the same time. Like, I think anyone with medical issues, whether that is physical or mental, shouldn't have to go through these links to be heard. But at the same time, I'm glad this OP had the courage to stand up for themselves in this situation. But it is sad that something like this usually needs to happen to bring about change in business or a school setting. And the change usually only happens because the place is scared of getting sued. Either way, I'm glad Miss M got what she deserved over the holiday season. Guess her employees had a lot to be thankful for. I dated a guy for four months. We hooked up, he told me he loved me, and then disappeared. Now I think I hate men. I met this guy seven months ago and we hit it off pretty much immediately. For the first three or four months, we've been spending a lot of our free evenings together. The hookups are great and the cuddling in his arms with a good movie or series is even better. And he almost always falls asleep in my lap before the movie is finished. That is one of my favorite moments looking at his face and curling his hair around my finger. Two Fridays ago, I made dinner and he brought wine. He fell asleep to what we do in the shadows. He woke up later and we had the most amazing hookup I've ever had. Then he said, God, I love you. I just burst into tears. I know, silly. And I said I love him too. When I later cuddled him, he said it again and so did I. He left the day after and I haven't heard from him since. So what the hell? I tried to call and text him several times the following two days. Nothing. I know people say all kinds of things when they're hooking up, but seriously? Not the tiniest explanation? Just like falling asleep and never seeing the end of any movie, he just left without seeing the end. So he texted me almost after two weeks of not hearing from him. So is this over? What the hell? He just texted me out of the blue? Today I met one of his friends who works at the movies. Let me put it this way. I planned to go to the movies to run into his friend who I knew was working this evening. I just wanted to see if he knew something, anything, even the amount of DMs that I got from people who went through similar breakups that made me realize these things just happen and I shouldn't wait for an explanation or proper closure. I was there with my sister and her boyfriend. When I met his friend and we exchanged pleasantries, the friend asked me who I was with and if Dennis was working and couldn't come. I I told him that I don't know what Dennis did because we broke up. He was very surprised and said, oh, really? When did this happen and how bad he felt because we seemed happy? This is one of his best friends, and I know Dennis talks to him daily. His surprised expression told me he didn't know more than I did, so I dropped it. An hour ago, I received a text and now I need help with what to do. Obviously, the friend has contacted Dennis to ask him what's up because why would Dennis just text me this random night after two weeks of ignoring me? Should I answer? Should I ghost? Should I Dennis him? This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I mean, my gut says ghost him and spare yourself the headache, but I'm so freaking curious. Help! The story concludes with this post. So Dennis was here, we talked, and it's over. He texted me this morning when I didn't answer his so this is over text from yesterday that he knows he messed up and asked if he could come over to my apartment for dinner to talk. I agreed. He brought Mexican, my favorite. He acted like everything was normal except he didn't try to kiss me or say hello or anything. I just stood there watching him setting the table. So I asked him if he could explain what's going on and he answered, oh, I thought we could talk after dinner. I'm hungry. I told him that we could talk now. Why would you ignore me? I didn't hear from you for two weeks and without any warning. I thought we were fine and you never acted like this way before. So the only thing that's different is that you said I love you and you regret it for some reason. He said that he didn't lie. He says that he has these feelings for some time now, but he wasn't ready to say it yet. So he freaked out. He felt out of control and that things were going way faster than he planned. He realized this wasn't going the way he planned when he turned down a dream job in another city because he knew I wouldn't be able to move with him. And that made him resent his feelings. When he blabbered I love you, it made it fact and he freaked out. He asked me to give him some time and space, but he was sorry for ignoring me on purpose. He was just scared. I told him that he's a grown man and the way he handled his feelings sucked because they were hurtful. I'm not sure if I could start a relationship with him because he resents me for not getting his dream job and me not trusting that he just wouldn't vanish again. He said to give him another chance or at least not cut him off completely, but I don't think it'll work. That's just not a good start. Later I talked to my best friend. I cried and we talked crap about men. I told her yesterday that it was over between us and she did some digging. Apparently he ended it with his ex because he had commitment issues and she wanted marriage and kids. Also she found out some stuff from his past. I know his parents were divorced but the reason was that his mother cheated on her father when Dennis was a young boy. So he probably has some mommy issues there. Too bad because I really loved him. Hopefully you won't hear from me again now that I got my closure, although I don't know if I'm happy now that I have it. But let me know, am I the jerk? This has me on the fence to be honest, because at the start, I thought this OP was sending out red flags when she went to the guy's friend's work in hopes to running into him because she wanted answers. I understand wanting closure, but this is a little much in my opinion. But on the other hand, the way the guy acted towards her was completely unacceptable. The OP didn't say what age they are here, but if you are being offered jobs in other cities, I'm assuming they have to be a decent age. Also, on top of him dating a woman who wanted marriage and kids. But the reason why I'm on the fence here is hearing that the guy has divorced parents because his mother cheated and this OP thinks that he has mommy issues. Personally, I wouldn't think it's mommy issues, but it's definitely commitment issues because he probably has it in his mind that people who get married or are in relationships always end up hurting each other like his parents did. So he probably wants to avoid that at all costs, but by doing that, he comes off as a complete jerk. I don't know, I just think these are definitely two people that shouldn't be together, and it seems like it's going to end up that way. I requested vacation, but my job keeps asking me to come in, and I don't know how to stand up for myself. Man, I am the most terrible pushover when it comes to working. Can you work or double? Yes. Will you stay an extra hour? Yes. Can you cover this person? Yes. Will you open and double? Yes. I say yes to everything, and you have to understand that up until this point, it hasn't bothered me. I have no friends to hang with, no extracurriculars, school, hobbies. It's just work, eat, and sleep. It's a sad life, but following my breakup with my ex-boyfriend, I decided to balance a little better. I've said no a couple of times to do doubles and or covering shifts. It's great. I do do a load of laundry now and then, but the guilt is still there. Now, over a month ago, I blocked off the 4th through the 8th because my parents are away and I'm the only one who can take care of their medicated and grouchy pets. I've never booked off this many days in a row, not since I started working at my restaurant a year ago. I was very excited to have these days off. We were severely understaffed, so that meant that I'd been working four to five doubles a week, covering for others, and sometimes staying from 10 to until midnight. I thought I earned it, especially after other servers were granted two to three weeks of vacation off themselves. Not that this was a vacation. I needed this time off. My time off was approved. After three weeks of sitting on the schedule requested, I immediately receive a text. Can you close Sunday? I can work something out, that's fine, because everyone else is overworked. Great! Can you work 4.30 on Saturday? Oh, can anyone else work it? No? Then I guess, but I'm leaving after three hours. Actually, can you open and work at 4.30? I need you to open Friday, too. I haven't given a straight answer to their plethora of questions, but my manager is pissing me off at this point. I believe she's under the impression that I agreed, though. Please be patient with me, as I'm the kind of person to keep saying yes because it will make other people's lives easier. I just don't know how to say no. I feel like telling them no to everything now, considering I had this week requested and approved over a month in advance. What should I do? Should I work these days? For the record, the only reason they need me is because everyone else feels overworked. People who work evenings don't want mornings and vice versa. It just sickens me because I'm the first to say yes to everyone and be a team player, but not a single person will allow me to be a me player. What do I do? Is it that easy to just say no? That's the end of the original post, but it did have a good comment that I wanted to share that the OP actually responded to. You mentioned everyone feels overworked. People who work evenings don't want to work mornings and vice versa. Are you not part of this everyone? Because I think you too are also overworked. If you're so gosh darn valuable, why aren't you a lead server? Why haven't you been given a raise or approach to the possibility of management? Why keep you at the current level you're at? You requested a month off in advance. They should have planned a month ago to cover your shifts a month later. That's how good business management works. I legit left a job once when they wouldn't even approve days off a month in advance, but only five months in advance. Their reason? We're understaffed. Okay, hire more people. Why do your coworkers get more days off than you? Why can't they commit to their original shifts? Why haven't they been penalized for multiple call-ins or fired? Seems like they see you as an easy mark because you always take their shifts. Management is happy because they have workers and your workers are happy because they aren't fired, all at your expense. Think about that. These people are the same people who can't even allow you to take your approved time off. The same workers who call off expecting you to bail them out because you always do. Why shouldn't they? You got their back. Like others have stated, don't take any shifts during your approved time off. Probably use this time to apply for a new job too. The OP responds with, I was made a shift leader a few weeks ago. Perks, an additional 19 cents an hour, which I started getting paid for after management leaves before then I was paid as a server. A couple extra tips and a free meal which I'm always too busy to eat. To be honest, I put too much blood, sweat, and tears into this place. I've been thinking about putting my notice in, maybe longer than two weeks, just because the understaffing has been going on for months. I am overworked, tired, and underappreciated, and underpaid. I am definitely inspired to go talk to my management tomorrow about it. My problem is that I care too much about being reliable, but I think I've proven thus far that treatment is simply unfair. But let me know, what would you do in this situation? Okay, out of all the jobs I've done before, being a server is one that I've never wanted to try out. I've never wanted to work in the food industry because I know that is where people probably complain the most and you get paid like garbage. Also, I never wanted to know the behind the scenes of what happens in the kitchen if you catch my drift. I actually like to eat out at some places. But I will say, it doesn't matter the job, if you become the person that they always call in, you need to learn to say no from time to time because they will definitely start using you this happened all the time at my old job I was even this person for a couple of years it gets tiring after a while so if you're somebody that always says yes learn to say no That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright-free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.